From Kindred Church, your inclusive church family. This podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in Durham, North Carolina. Whatever your background is, wherever you are on your faith journey, we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to God's unconditional love. Well, hello and welcome to Kindred Church. It's so good to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your very first time to tune in with us, we're especially glad that you have. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament. We're looking at chapter 10, beginning with verse 17. And it says this, As Jesus continued down the road, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, What must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandments. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man responded, I've kept all of these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully and loved him. Jesus said, You're lacking one thing. Go Sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But the man was dismayed at this statement. And he went away saddened because he had many possessions. And then looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, It will be very hard for the wealthy to enter God's kingdom. His words startled the disciples. And so Jesus told them again, Children, it's difficult to enter God's kingdom. It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. They were shocked even more, and they said to each other, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them carefully and said, It's impossible with human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I wonder if you would identify yourself as a control freak, or if you wouldn't admit it, is there someone in your life who would identify you as a control freak? If that's not you still, it's my experience that most of us have at least one area of our life where we tend to be hyper controlling. Uh, For me, I'll admit it's my schedule. Uh, I'm a person who loves a routine. I need a plan. I find a lot of comfort in my schedule. And so for that reason, uh, I tend to wake up uh, at the same time every day. I try to sleep in on Saturdays, but I have small children and they usually don't let me do that. So the effect is I I sleep on a schedule. Um, I I tend to eat the same thing for breakfast every single day. It helps to keep me on schedule. I also tend to eat the same thing for lunch every day. I tend to get into the office at the same time every day. And when I show up, I usually already know what I'm going to be doing that day because it's all on my schedule. I tend to leave the office about the same time every day and I go and exercise. And when I work out, I'm not just willy nilly like I I still have uh, a schedule. I know for some of you, uh, this sounds like your worst nightmare. But to me, all of this is, is deeply comforting, except for the fact that inevitably things pop up that were not on my schedule and that uh, stresses me out. Uh, I don't know what it is uh, for for you. What's that area of your life that brings out your inner control freak? For some of you, you are hyper controlling of people in your life. If you stress out about the way that your partner loads the dishwasher, 
you might be hyper controlling of people. Um, if you're the kind of parent that won't let your child ever have an Oreo, unless it's like the Whole Foods, organic, non-GMO kind, you might be a little bit hyper controlling of people. If you're that person in the office who is always correcting everyone's grammar on like super informal emails, you might be hyper controlling of people. For some of you, that's not it. For some of you, you're hyper controlling of what people think about you. Like if you have to check yourself 10 times in the mirror before you go down the driveway to get the mail, or if you refresh your Instagram every 3.5 seconds to see who else liked your photo, or if every time you're on a Zoom call, you only look at yourself and you don't even look at the people that you're talking to, you might be hyper controlling of, of what people think about you. Hate to hate to break it to you. I don't know what it is in your life. For some of us, it's our money. Um, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more later, so, so buckle up. Uh, for some of us, we're hyper controlling about our appearance or our diets or any number of, of other things. Most of us have that, at least one thing, that makes us a control freak. And, and why are we so obsessed with control? Well, it's because we think if we just get enough control, if we can keep things under control, then we can finally relax, right? We'll finally have peace. We'll finally be content. We think that control is the way to the life that we want. We think control is the way to the life that we want. But there's a problem. And maybe you've felt this problem. Maybe you know this problem intuitively. The problem is that no matter how hard we try, we just can't ever seem to get enough control, can we? Right? Like, like control is kind of like a mirage. Hopefully you've never actually experienced this yourself, but maybe you've seen a movie where somebody gets stranded out in the desert. And then what happens? Like the sun is beating down on them and it's so hot and, and eventually that they get so overheated and they get so thirsty and they get so exhausted that, that they start to get this vision out on the horizon that they can see that there's this oasis, right? And they know if I can just make it to that oasis, if I can just get there, I'll have water, I'll have shade, I can survive. And so what do they do? They, they start walking, right? They've got their t-shirt tied around their head to protect them from the sun and, and they're walking, walking one step at a time. But no matter how far they walk, they can't ever seem to get there, right? That oasis is always still out on the horizon because it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's just a mirage. Control is a lot like that. We struggle and we try and we strain, but, but we just can't ever get there. And the harder that we try, just like that person in the desert, that the more exhausted, the more depleted we become. How many of us would say that we're feeling that exhaustion right now? If any of this resonates with you in any way at all, I've got some good news for you today. And this good news is challenging and it's certainly countercultural, but if you're open to it, you can stop chasing that mirage. You can. And there is a better way and there's a way that will actually lead you to the life that your heart is craving. So I want to spend a few minutes with you here in uh, Mark chapter 10 in, in this story. And, and let's see what we can learn about all of this um, here. So uh, back in the first century, back in the first century, there was this guy. And we actually don't know what his name is. Um, but I don't care how big of a control freak you are. I promise you, this guy is a bigger control freak than you. He was trying so hard 
to get things under control, to keep things under control so that he could have the life that he wanted. But just like so many of us have found, all he really found was more and more exhaustion. Well, we're told that one day, this particular guy, he hears that Jesus is in the area. And he thinks, you know, Jesus is this respected religious figure. He's a miracle worker. He thinks, if I go to Jesus, maybe Jesus will give me some life hacks. You know, maybe Jesus will give me some some pro tips about how I can do better at getting the life that I want. And so we're told this man, he finds Jesus and he he runs up to Jesus and he collapses. He he falls at Jesus' knees before he even opens his mouth. We can see this guy is depleted. This guy is exhausted because that's what happens to people when they're chasing a mirage. So this guy's laying at Jesus' feet, right? And he looks up at Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? What must I do? Now we got to pause here for a second. That phrase, eternal life, A lot of times we hear eternal life and we think about going to heaven to be with God after we die, right? But in the Bible, and and certainly as this man says that phrase, he's not saying, how can I go to heaven after I die? He's saying, Jesus, how can I live the life that God wants for me? How can I find abundant life, the life that I was created for, uh, the the life that, that, you know, certainly includes heaven after we die, but the life that begins right here and right now. And the implication is he's saying, I've been chasing that life. I've been doing everything within my control to get that life, but it's just not working. Jesus, how can I obtain eternal life? Well, at first, what does Jesus say? At first, Jesus says, you know the commandments. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, there's this big book called Scripture. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's got lots of guidance about all these different ways that you can live the life that God wants for you. So so start there. And then Jesus rattles off a few commandments as examples. You know, he says, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't disrespect your parents, all of this. But, But here is the part of the story where we learn how big of a control freak this guy actually is because he cuts Jesus off in the middle of that list of commandments And he says to Jesus, I've kept all these commandments since I was a boy. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was standing there like witnessing this scene, I would have called BS, right? Pardon my language, but I would never have believed this guy. Like you really expect us to believe, dude, that you have gone multiple decades without ever lying or cheating or stealing. I mean, this guy is basically claiming that he made it all the way through high school without ever once disrespecting his parents. Most of us couldn't even make it one day without breaking a commandment. This guy is claiming he's done it for most of his life. Um, uh, You know, I just, I have a hard time believing that this guy is telling the truth. But the way that Mark narrates the the story, apparently Jesus does believe him, but Jesus also recognizes that this guy is so meticulous. If he's able to keep all of these commandments, this guy is a next level control freak. So so listen to what Jesus tells the guy next. He says, you want to find eternal life? You want that life that God wants for you. It's great that you're keeping all the commandments. That that is a really good start, but there's a missing ingredient here. He tells the man, you're you're lacking one thing. And the man tells Jesus, I'm, I'm sure, please tell me, Jesus, what am I lacking? What am I missing? Show me. Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you. I am going to show you. And, and Jesus says this, he says, go sell what you own and give the money to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. 
Let me say that again. Here's what Jesus says to the man. Go sell what you own, give the money to the poor, then you'll have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He's telling the man, and I think he's also telling us, if you want to find the life God wants for you, if you want the life that your heart is actually craving, you have to let go of control. You have to let go of control, and you have to trust God. Let go and let God. It's not enough to just simply obey God, but sooner or later, you have to actually Trust God. Think about it. Why does Jesus tell the man to to give his money and come and and follow him? Jesus is challenging him to actually let go and let God. If the man leaves all his money, then how is he going to survive? How does he know that his needs are going to be met? He doesn't know, right? If the man goes and follows Jesus, where is Jesus going to lead him? How long is it going to take to get there? What all is that journey going to involve? The man has no idea. And Jesus doesn't tell him any of that. That's precisely the point. If he accepts Jesus' invitation, he's going to be out of control. And that's why Jesus gives him this invitation. He's saying, if you want the life that God wants for you, you've got to open up your hands. You've got to loosen your grip. You've got to let go and let God. And so the man picks himself up and he dusts himself off. He gives away everything he has. He goes and follows Jesus and he lives happily ever after. No, that's not at all what happens, right? This this is not a happy ending story. This is a, a tragic story in many ways. The man does the opposite. Mark tells us the man was dismayed at Jesus's statement and he went away saddened. He went away saddened. Why was he sad? It's because on some level he knew that he was walking away from the life that God wanted for him. He knew that, but he felt like he had no choice because he just couldn't let go of control. You see, we think that control is the way to the life that we want. And Jesus is telling us here, no, 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 that's not true. That's a lie. It's a mirage. Don't chase after control. Jesus is saying the way to the life you want is more and more trust in God. That that sooner or later, you've got to let go and let God. You've got to let go and let God. And so I wonder today, I wonder what is that part of your life where you need to let go and let God? I recently heard a a preacher say this, and I I thought it was very convicting and and painful to hear, but also very true and very important. He he, he said that uh, the, the, the part of your life that you try to control the most is often the part of your life where you trust God the least. Ouch, right? Let me say that again. The part of your life that you try to control the most is often the part of your life where you trust God the least. So I wonder, I know it's painful to think about, but I wonder what is that area of your life right now? I think if we're honest, uh, for many of us, it is our money, right? Kind of like the guy in the story here. I mean, this guy was so hyper-controlling of his money that he, he felt like he, he couldn't let go of it, right? He couldn't trust that if he let go of it, God would actually provide for his needs. And I know this is a sensitive subject, but I think if we're honest, many of us would say we, we find ourselves in a similar position, that we're so anxious about our money, we, we can't relax, And we're so anxious about our money, we can't be as generous as God is calling us to be because we're so afraid that if we give away too much, we won't have enough and then we'll be out of control. And that 
that terrifies us, right? If you feel that in some way, you are not alone. I want you to know that you're not alone in that. I think most people struggle with that. And this is one of the reasons why Jesus talks about money so much. It's one of the reasons that money is such a sensitive subject to us, right? It, it pulls on us in a way. But, but if you know that you're hyper-controlling about money like this, what would it look like for you to take a leap of faith in that area of your life? What would it look like for you to intentionally give more money away as an act of trust in God. I don't think that Jesus calls all of us to give away all of our money like he seemed to do for for this man in the story, but I do think Jesus calls all of us to give away a percentage of our money, a percentage of our income. So if I can challenge you for for just a second, what would it look like for you to give away 1%, 2%, 3%, gulp maybe 10%, of your income. As I say that, some of you are thinking, well, Daniel, that feels impossible. Uh, If you're in the middle of a legit financial crisis, it may actually be impossible for you in this season. Uh, but, But the reality is that for most of us, most of the time, it's actually not impossible, right? It's actually just really, really scary. And I can just tell you from from personal experience, when you begin to give away a substantial percentage of your income, it is scary. And every time you bump that percentage up, that's also scary, but it's also transformational. And it's also, in kind of an ironic way, it's actually extremely liberating because it's one of the most powerful ways that you can train yourself to not put your ultimate trust in money, but to put your ultimate trust in God. And so what would it look like for you to to intentionally give away more of your money as an act of trust in God? Something to think about, something to pray about. Uh, for others of you, maybe it's it's not your money. Uh, it is, you know, your hyper-controlling of people or what people think about you or your schedule like me. Whatever it is, what would it look like for you today to, to pray, God, help me to let go. God, help me to loosen my grip. God, help me to trust that you will provide for me. Help me to trust that in ways I cannot see that you will make a, a way. Uh, for, for some of you today, um, it, it's actually not just one area of your life, is it? Right? Like I know for some of you today, you are white-knuckling it, trying to control every area of your life, all of it, your work, your finances, your family life, and, and you're trying to do it all on your own power. You're trying to do it all on your own strength. And if that's you, I know that you're exhausted. I know you feel like you're chasing a mirage. And so if that's you, Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is calling you to trust God today, not just with one area of your life, but but with your whole life. And maybe Jesus is calling you to come and to get baptized or to come and, and renew your baptism. Because when we get baptized or we renew our baptism, it's a way for us to say, Jesus, I am through trying to do it all on my own. When we get baptized or, or renew our baptism, it's, it's a way for us to say, Jesus, I'm handing it all over to you. I'm letting you lead the way, Jesus. I'm trusting you to make a way that I don't have to control everything all by myself, but I'm letting go and letting God. And you know what Jesus promises us? He promises us that the waters of baptism are not a mirage. Jesus describes the waters of baptism as this this spring, he calls it, that gushes up to eternal life that abundant life, that life that God created us for. And those waters never 
ever run dry. If, if any of this is resonating with you t- today, I want to get you thinking about is now the time to get baptized? Is now the time to renew your baptism? Because in two weeks, in two weeks, we're doing something we've never done before here at Kindred. And, and this is so exciting. We're going to have a special service of baptisms and baptism renewals. And we would love to include you in that. Um, if you are interested in that, if you want to participate, if you already know you want to get baptized, you, you want to have your baptism renewed that day, we would so love to include you, but we need to know. Uh, so if you'll let us know, there's a link in the video description or the podcast description. Fill out the short form there. Uh, that way we can be planning to include you and we can communicate some more details uh, with you ahead of the, the 14th. Is it time for you to, to come to the waters of baptism? Is it time? You know, this this whole idea of letting go and and letting God, this is not normal, right? This is not what normal people do. This is deeply countercultural. And in all kinds of ways, our culture tells us over and over, hey, control, 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 control is the way to the life that you want. But, But Jesus tells us, no, it's not true. It's a mirage. We're in this sermon series right now that's called Different. And we've been looking at some different ways that Jesus calls us to be different from the people around us. This is one of those ways. This is one of those ways. Let's be not normal. Let's be different. Let's focus less on control. Let's focus more on trust in whatever ways that we need to. Let's let go and let God. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and loving God, uh, we confess to you that we are obsessed with control, Lord. Uh, We want more of it. We never feel like we have enough of it. We chase it and chase it and chase it. And so many of us are worn out. We're depleted like that person in the desert. We, We never get there. God, we thank you that you love us enough and you care about us enough to not just leave us in that predicament, but you love us enough to tell us the truth and to show us a better way. That truth is challenging and it's hard for us to hear and it's deeply countercultural but we're grateful for this message that the way to the life we want is not through more control, but it's, it's through trusting you. God, help us to take those leaps of faith that you're calling us to take, whether that's in one particular area of our life or, or with our whole life. Lord, and, and I pray today for anybody who's considering getting baptized, for anybody who's thinking, maybe it's time for me to renew my baptism. God, would you make that call clear in their life? And would you give them the courage to, to step up and to pursue fully the life that you're calling them into, God. We're all in different places in our faith journey. We thank you that you meet all of us right where we are, that you hold our hand, and that you you guide us in in taking those leaps of faith, Lord. Help us to, to control less. Help us to trust more. Help us to let go so that we can let you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, thanks again for tuning in. Just a couple quick things here for us before we go. If you are new to Kindred Church, I would love to connect with you. Just click the Connect link that you see in the description, and I will reach out to you later this week. I look forward to saying hey. Uh, Also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in in-person worship. You can go to our website, kindrednc.church, and you can get all the information about how to worship with us in person. And finally, click the Announcements link. That will take you to this week's newsletter, and that'll keep you up to speed on all the ways that we've got for you to get engaged, stay engaged, and and keep growing in your faith with us here at Kindred. Uh, So with that, friends, remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. 
to support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.